Welcome to Investing Across Borders with Lauren Cohen. Every week, she will share valuable information that you need to know in order to successfully invest in real estate and other business endeavors in North America. We believe in helping clients invest, live, work, and play across borders. And now, your host, Lauren Cohen. Good morning, everybody from sunny South Florida. I'm Lauren Cohen, international legal and real estate expert and the host of Investing Across Borders, the podcast where we teach you how to invest, live, work, and play across borders. And I'm really excited because this may be my 52nd episode. So you, Randall Miles, are my 52nd guest. So we're celebrating a new year with Investing Across Borders. I remember a year ago when I was like, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And I've had so much fun doing it. And I just want to acknowledge my sponsor, Lendai, a company out of Israel that offers foreign investor loans to Canadians, Israelis, Brits, and Australians investing in real estate in the United States. Amazing, right, Randall? Anyway, I am here today with a wonderful guest who is on the board of EXP. He's actually the chairman and CEO of SEM Capital Group, which is a global transactional company. And he sits on the board of EXP World Holdings. And I met Randall in New York City at a C5 event after the fact called EXP Commercial Live. And we were chatting and I was asking Stephanie Gillizan, who's the vice president of EXP Commercial, when are you coming on my podcast? And Randall said, I'll be happy to be on your podcast. I'm like, okay. So here we are just a couple of short weeks later. It seems like yesterday. And I want to thank you for joining us. Please introduce yourself and give us a little brief background on who you are. Sure. Thanks, Lauren. And it's great to be number 52. Uh, <laughs> it's actually is, like number one all over again. <laughs> Each and every time, right? Exactly. My name is Randall Miles uh, and really pleased to be here. I am a chairman and CEO of SCM Capital Group, a global transaction and strategic advisory firm, serve on several boards that include EXP World Holdings as vice chairman and chairman of the audit committee and have historically and continue to sit on both public and private equity backboards of directors, have a long history on Wall Street, having run large investment banking and M&A groups at uh, bulge bracket and, and middle market firms, and have been uh, chairman and CEO of public and private equity backed firms, multi-billion dollar companies three, three or four times. So this is an interesting point in my career, particularly as it relates to, uh, to EXP, and helping manage the significant growth that we've seen over the course of the last several years. So anyway, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm thrilled to be asked. Thank you. It's a pleasure to have you. Yeah, I joined EXP it's almost two years ago. And honestly, it's been a life-changing experience for me because I've had my real estate license, as most of my listeners know, for 14 years. And until I joined EXP, I literally left it hanging. I didn't even do anything with it. And now I think I have 26 referral agreements out there with realtors literally all around the globe, not just in the U.S., but in Canada, in Mexico, in India, I mean, you name it. And it's been life-changing on so many levels and being able to collaborate with other realtors and being the chair of the International Investment Committee for EXP Commercial and having an opportunity to teach EXPers about international investment and how to work with international investors. Because a lot of people, and I'm sure you can attest to this, having worked across the globe, are afraid of things. Well, they're afraid of things like we mentioned in their backyard, but they're really afraid as soon as they're dealing with stuff that's outside of their comfort zone, outside of their state, outside of their country. 
and investing across borders and considering moving your capital across borders is often a very big fish for them to fry and they're afraid of it. And the fact is that it's there's so much opportunity, right? You know, there's extraordinary opportunity, but, you know, that fear is also a healthy thing, right? There are such significant differences country to country, jurisdiction to jurisdiction as it relates to uh, employee law, investment considerations and the like. So like anything else, approaching significant opportunity with a little bit of skepticism to ensure that you do your appropriate homework and due diligence and don't step into a situation that may turn out to be entirely different than what you otherwise anticipated. That having been said, whether it's you know investment opportunities or life opportunities, right? It involves taking a little bit of, uh, of measured risk, right? Assessing the situation, having the fortitude, and being at a time and place that you can afford to do it, to take advantage of those kinds of, of things. And we find ourselves at EXP, for example, uh, at a remarkable time in the context of an ability to transform our business model from a domestic North American focus for so many years to you know going back two years ago or so now expanding our footprint to what now includes 18 companies uh, globally outside of north america and continuing to uh, to grow apace yeah i'm excited to see what's next because it just keeps happening and i love having partners and i mean my favorite country israel my home country canada literally all over the world i have a partner in australia a couple of partners in australia and india and it's just, it's an amazing thing. And it's an amazing story because the foresight that Glenn had to develop this, I mean, it's unprecedented. And by the way, he's Canadian, just saying. Some of us Canadians have pretty great ideas, I got to say. So I was going to ask you a question about that. So measured risk. You know, one of the things I find, and, and a few weeks ago, I was interviewed by the Canadian Real Estate Wealth Magazine. And the interview was supposed to be about the top three things that people should be careful of when they're investing across borders. And instead, I said, well, you know, the reality is there's so many. And I created a top 10 sheet. And actually, that's what I spoke on when we met in New York the next day at the event was the top 10 things to avoid when investing across borders. And one of those is to run, run before you walk, to walk before you run. Because so many people, like you said, they're just like, oh, it's one or the other. They either have no fear and they run and they don't think and they don't do their due diligence and they don't hire the right team and they just think everything is the same when you're investing in another country. And then part B of that is that when they do it, they just think that they know what they're doing and they don't have that level of measured risk and due diligence and precautionary measures that need to be taken to do it the right way with a strategy. And that's what I talk about every day with my clients. At the end of the day, I don't think EXP decided to expand into 18 countries on a whim. We brought a team. You know, and the team piece is so important. And one thing I wanted to interject on, agree with everything you've said. And it's so important when you're taking on a new opportunity that has the potential for some significant risk, Mm -hmm. is aligning yourselves with the right subject matter expertise, exactly. uh, whether you hire it, whether you partner, whether you use advisors, whatever else it might be, because there is a great unknown. And if you are entering a new market that is foreign to you and you don't have boots on the ground, there's so much you don't know about the local landscape and how to traverse that, right? So having the right team, and you're right, Lauren, I mean, we did not undertake international expansion on a whim. <laughs> EXP had been growing quite quickly for a number of years, and we reached a point 
two, two and a half, maybe three years ago now, where we felt that we had reached a point of scale, uh, meaning efficiency, effectiveness, key expense categories and absolute terms falling as a percentage of revenue that allowed us then to think more broadly about the kinds that things that we could do to expand our footprint, which included international growth, commercializing our Verbella platform, affiliated services and the like, and some other things in there. Can um, I stop you for a moment? Because most sure. of my listeners don't know what Verbella is. And I'd love to share that because it is such an amazing platform, especially especially during COVID, because we didn't miss a beat. EXP actually expanded beyond, I think, its own plans because COVID put us online and the company is a cloud-based brokerage. So because of that, it was poised. Like I remember when COVID first started and Craig, my partner, told me, said, take invest in, in EXP. I'm like, I don't know, you know, buy stock, whatever. I don't know. I think it was 11 or $12 at the time. Right. And it went up and I did buy not at 11 or 12, but it went up to like 160 and then it split. And it was like un- unbelievable, the growth in this company. And I think that it exceeded expectations because there were circumstances that nobody anticipated that put business online and gave EXP a boon. I mean, what do we have? 68,000 agents now worldwide? Yep. Yeah, about 68,000 agents and roughly about 2,000 employees. And important to note that through the history of EXP, which is 11 years now, we have never had an office. Glenn Sanford, the founder and CEO, does not have a physical office. Now, we have some shingles in different jurisdictions that might require something like that, but nobody has a, a physical office. So we have operated virtually right from the beginning. We use the Verbella technology platform to do that, supplemented by things like a workbook by Facebook and things like that. But love it. The, I love the it. Verbella platform in particular yeah. allows us to operate effectively initially across North America and now across the globe. It's vital insofar as allowing us then to offer a, an operating platform that maximizes our ability to pay real estate agents that maximizes our ability to be agile in the face of changing market conditions, take COVID as an example, where we, like unlike others, didn't have to make the heavy cuts that some did. Now, we reacted quickly and did have some small staff reductions and that kind of thing because we were staffed for really accelerated growth. But the kinds of things that we had to do in, in response were significantly less than some of our competitors. And part of what Verbella has allowed us to do, and I'll come back and I'll better define that to directly answer your question, but I think to give it some context, we've been able to add 18 countries to our footprint during COVID. During COVID, that's the key. We were poised to launch it pre-COVID, had a discussion. Wait one moment, Randall. Mm -hmm. This is adding all these countries without ever, during the time, setting foot in those countries because we couldn't travel. So we launched countries like Germany and Israel and India and Mexico and Brazil without going there to launch them. It's unprecedented. That's the power of Verbella because it gives us an ability to collaborate across the globe. That collaboration transcends to agents in San Diego working with agents in, in San Antonio, for example, to work out an issue or to take advantage of subject matter expertise without competing with one another in a local office, right? So it promotes collaboration in a way that I think is unlike any other model. The same thing is true on an international level. So we, as you pointed out, 
have been able to plant a, a stake in the ground in 18 countries without having to incur the significant expense of having to send teams of people to to go do it. So yeah. part of our model, part of our appeal, whether in your North America or you're in France or you're in Israel or you're in Argentina or you're in India, pick someplace, is the fact that you have access to the 68,000 agents and 2,000 employees today on virtually a 24-7 basis for immediate access. You don't have to go through a gatekeeper. You don't have to get in line. You don't have to get on an airplane. Any one of a number of things you don't have to do. So it allows us to work collaboratively almost 24-7, which is very effective. We have found that in terms of our international expansion, that the market has welcomed that tremendously. So I would expect that we'll continue to grow apace and continue to add still more countries even before this year is out. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm waiting for. <laughs> I love it because every time a new country opens, it gives me a new opportunity to share the information and the education that I love sharing. And the word collaborative, which you mentioned, is just so key when it comes to EXP. Everybody I've brought on that is with EXP has been so willing and collaboratively oriented. I think that if you join EXP and you don't have a collaborative mindset, you're probably not going to succeed because if you're competitive, a friend of mine who actually I'm speaking to right after you coined a phrase with her group called co-opetition. I don't know if you've heard of it, but I loved it. And that's really what we do because it's not that there's not competition, especially when you're selling real estate, which I don't do. I'm just a referral agent and I love referring. So nobody is competing with me because there's nobody else that does what I do, which is pretty fun and unique. But co-opetition, I see among the realtors, like a realtor, if a realtor needs a search pulled in Tampa or in Atlanta or wherever, they can reach out on Workplace, this amazing tool that we use that's uh, proprietary to EXP, and they can put in a post and 20 people will respond being willing to share that information. And not about how much can I make? What are the, It's just like, here, let me impart you with that information. And I love that because it doesn't, you know, I'm a lawyer. That doesn't happen through, with lawyers usually, and it doesn't happen with realtors because most realtors are only as good as their next deal. Now with EXP, every realtor's success drives the stock and we all own stock, so we all succeed. It's a beautiful thing. And that's the, that's the power of our model, right? An agent has an opportunity to make money in conventional ways, real estate commissions, has an opportunity to generate revenue share through inviting other agents to join the organization has an opportunity to earn stock rewards and an opportunity to trade you know, a small amount of commission for stock if they so choose at a market discount. And what that does and what the power of so many agents being owners is help bridge what every CEO's dream is. Certainly in the companies I've run, I know it's Glenn's point of view and others, the nirvana is getting your employees to act like owners. <laughs> that's and right. In an EXP context, that's very much true. So- mm-hmm. Everyone has the stake. If that agent in San Diego calls the agent in San Antonio or Tampa or wherever else it might be, they have a stake in their success right. insofar as that next transaction contributing to our revenue, contributing to our earnings, and potentially having an impact then on our market cap. It's, it's, it's wonderful. And like I said, for me, it's been life-changing. I know in two days, I'll be getting a check deposited in my bank account with my rev share check. And it's fun and it drives us. 
And there are, I understand that only about 60% of the people, the EXP realtors actually participate in RevShare, which is shocking to me because I'm like, how can you leave that on the table? Now, granted, I'm a networker. I'm a connector. It's what I love to do. So it was a natural fit for me, you know, to build a network and also to be a referral agent, which I originally way back when I got my license, I thought I'm going to refer a deal here and there. I didn't think I would be referring, you know, opportunities and clients. I had a client reach out yesterday. They want four Canadian referrals in four different cities in Canada. So now I'm going to have those. Some of them I already have agreements with, whatever. But it's fun and exciting. And also, when you reach out to these people, you build another relationship. And that's the key. And, you know, collaboration and relationships. People at EXP really care about each other. When I first went to Sprint, which, is, which was in July in D.C., and met some of these people face-to-face, like Stephanie, for example, for the first time, it was like they were old friends that we hadn't seen, as opposed to... And remember... We're working in a virtual world. So sometimes we only see an avatar and nothing more. We may see a picture, but we may not have the opportunity to be on Zoom. So it's just been a really amazing experience. And that's why I was so happy when you agreed to come on to the show and and talk about your experience. Now, I'd love to ask you, tell me about some of the challenges especially the serious challenges that we face, obviously cultural differences and so on, when we are expanding, when EXP specifically is expanding into a new country, what are some of the roadblocks? And obviously not to share any private information, but it's clear that there are some countries that are more challenging than others. They have a different, I mean, going into Canada was no big deal. Not that it's no big deal, but It's not as if you're going into a completely foreign country with a completely foreign language, even though you have to do everything in two languages to be in Canada. But going into India or Israel, just give us a little bit of feedback on some of the challenges and roadblocks that have occurred, please. Yeah. And the challenges, as you point out, are are considerable. And it starts with, even before we talk about international, this is a company that has been growing by leaps and bounds. Mm -hmm. So if there's anything I've pounded my table, my fist on the table in the boardroom about more than anything else, it's perhaps ensuring that we have an infrastructure that looks every bit of five years out so that we can continue to maintain our rate of growth and serve our agents and our brokers and provide the tools that allow them to create the best practices possible. And so that's the foundation, both in terms of domestically and without that, it doesn't even give us an opportunity to explore things on an international level. So now take that next step. Which countries you know, make the, the short list? Which are most like the U.S. in terms of underlying real estate markets? Which are most like the U.S. in terms of underlying agent relationship, regulatory compensation mechanisms, for example? Which are the most regulated versus non-regulated at all? So you know, there's a list, a whole list of you know, question after question after question that then calls the universe in terms of, okay, look, here's the low-hanging fruit. We can get there in six months because we've got half the puzzle solved already. Already, And here are those that may take more development time, 18 months, mm-hmm. two years, whatever else it might be, that include everything from you know language. But where it really starts, the, the most important thing, despite all of those individual challenges and in all those individual markets, is finding 
the right team on the ground so that right. you've got local sponsorship. At the end of the day, and this is true in any market we serve, whether you know the first time we went into North Dakota or California, wherever else it might be, is having the right people on the ground who can both evangelize what it is we're doing and have the competence to do it. Foreign markets are wholly different in the U.S. as it relates to, to real estate. Mm-hmm. And educating those markets relative to the opportunity that EXP represents, recognizing that for them, it's going to be a different way of doing business. For example, in the U.K., agents are not 1099 employees. Right. Agents you know, are employees, right? In the W-2 sense. So we had to try to find a way then that was going to bridge you know, how they had historically operated in the U.K., with how our model works in the US and the rest of the world, right? So those are the kinds of challenges together with, okay, well, how much capital do you need to have on hand? Do you have to have a physical presence? But it starts, Lauren, with who are the people on the ground who understand what it is we're trying to do, who have the reach in the context of the relationships they have, who have the experiential base and have been doing it long enough and have the, the respect for their integrity and subject matter expertise that allow us to, to, to leverage their experience to help us open up a new market. So I think that what, what you just said is, so, is true of anything that you're doing across borders, because, you know, I'm obviously dealing with clients from multiple different countries and they, some of them are more resistant, let's say, to what it takes to get things done in the U.S., they're like, no, I don't need to do that. No, I don't need to do that. Or they just try to do a circle around things, cut corners, and it's never going to work because you're not going to get the same result. And you do need that team. And you do need people that have your back and have boots on the ground. And sometimes you also have to accept the fact that that team that you chose may not be the right team and you have to shift. And that was what you were saying, the agility, the ability to shift, the ability to change courses and accept when you're when things are just not working and move forward and you know rethink, revamp, revitalize, revise, all of that kind of thing. And so I think that it just becomes so important because investing across borders is so appropriate when it comes to EXP as opposed to a smaller local brokerage, for example, where they're really not dealing with anything beyond their local real estate market. And I think that what EXP has done, and certainly I run a mastermind actually uh, for realtors to train, to help EXPers make their business more international and non-EXPers learn about how EXP can help make your business more international. And part of what I teach in there is that there are so many opportunities to build an international business as a realtor. Real estate as a rule is local, Right. Traditionally, and EXP, I think, has made it much more global in nature, which fits well with my model because I'm all about going global. So it is it's unique. But I also want to interject another point. Of course. I mean, you're absolutely right relative to the opportunity to go global, to explore opportunities in commercial, to do a variety of different things that that an agent can pack as many tools into their war chest as possible to generate as much business and serve their clients' needs. However, one of the beauties of the EXP model is you don't have to be an international superstar to find a home at EXP, to use the tools and resources that we have and keep your business purely local. 
So there's a home at eXp. If you're a local agent, sole practitioner, and all you do is sell a few homes a year, there is a home at eXp. If you're a superstar agent in a large brokerage and selling real estate all over the world, there's a home at eXp for agent influencers who act as referrals and help effectively serve as our marketing arm. So it's really quite a diverse model. And you don't have to be all things to all people to find a home at eXp to make a very good living and to have the resources available to you that, you know, that are unlike anywhere else. And to change from a linear real estate model to multifaceted, multiple stream of income model. And that's, and also to build a retirement plan, which I know most, most realtors never have retirement parties. It's a going joke, right? And with EXP, you can build a retirement plan. And actually, I mean, so many people like Brent Gove, although he's not retired, he's built such an amazing pipeline that his income is such that he doesn't need to work. He's on the phone, you know, we're talking with his partners, one of which is me. And he's just built an amazing, amazing team of, I don't know what it is now, it must be 17 or 18,000 agents. And that's the kind of opportunity that EXP presents. And you, again, a lot of my colleagues, I have one colleague who is international in nature, but she doesn't have anybody in her line. She just sells real estate every right. single day. And that's great. That's awesome. And then there's others like me that aren't selling real estate, but that are referring, like you said, an agent influencer. And I love that because it gives all of us a home. And you know, when people are like, oh, well, EXP is this and EXP is that. And they hear this rumor and they hear that rumor. I'm like, look, why don't you open your mind and just consider the opportunity? It's not about selling anything. It's not about pushing somebody to do something. It's about opening the door to a new way of thinking about real estate, a new way of thinking about how to do real estate, how to sell real estate, how to work with realtors and how to build a network. And whether it be domestic, like Randall said, in your own backyard or international. And, you know, there's a time and a place for everybody. And, and back to Brent, you're mentioning Brent for a minute. Brent may not have to do anything, but I don't know that he's working any less hard today than he was 10 or 15 years ago because of the passion he and others like him bring to the table and are, have been such a vital part of our ability to grow and attract really strong, productive agents to this organization. But as it relates to, and I, and you know, when I meet with agent prospects or large brokerages or whatever the case, and I, I tell people all the time, there's a time and a place for everybody. Some people will latch onto it immediately and jump right, right in. And that's great. Other people want to see it and, and see it from a distance and ask lots of questions and try it on for a couple of years before they make the move, which is absolutely okay. And there are some people who are just comfortable enough where they are that they aren't ever going to make it. And that's okay too. We want people to come because they really want to be here and it's the mm -hmm. right time in their life for them to make that move. It's a great place to be once you've got your head around that and right. It's a challenge to leave another organization for a new one, whether you're coming into EXP or you're going to XYZ, right? So there are stresses associated with that. There are challenges, and we want to help people feel as comfortable as they possibly can be before they make that move. And it's part of the reason that we have such a high retention rate. Yeah, I think it's true. I mean, when I see people leave, I'm like, what happened? There's Sometimes there's an explanation that goes beyond the traditional, but I it blows my mind. And of course, yes, there's always going to be attrition. 
So, and people might shift and come back and make changes and whatever. But at the end of the day, this has been an amazing experience for me. I see that it's been a wonderful experience for you. I'm sure you get to know a lot of the senior team for sure, but also a lot of the realtors just watching and seeing and growing and participating and contributing and making a huge difference in the EXP world and in the world in general. Tell us one thing that you think is critical to success when you're investing across borders or expanding your business across borders. I think the answer I would give you, Lauren, is probably transcendent as it relates to whether or not we're talking about crossing international borders or in doing business in in any way. And we've talked about many of the challenges that you face, right? But for me, it kind of starts with a kind of a cultural and philosophical underpinning, trying to do the right thing the right way for the right reason. Go into it with open eyes. Mm-hmm. Do your diligence. Ask the right questions of the right people. Take the time to be thoughtful about what you're doing and understand the risks. And if you're guided by trying to do the right thing the right way for the right reason, you're not trying to take shortcuts. Sure. Uh, you're not trying to make a quick buck for the sake of making a, a, a right. quick buck. You're taking a more methodical approach to creating sustainability behind the decision that you're making. So again, that's a bigger answer than maybe you asked for, but I think that underlies, at least for me, from a cultural and philosophical point of view, as a senior executive over the course of my career and as vice chairman of EXP, the kinds of thing that embodies the, the, the way we think, and it embodies from an EXP point of view, how we approach what we believe to be a very agent-centric business. It's definitely- Our customers are real estate agents. Yes. And that's the way we run our business. Yeah, exactly. I agree with you. Where are you physically located in New York, the New York area, right? Yeah, in New York City. Okay. How's the weather, by the way? Is it starting to get a little cold? Well, it's uh, the leaves are starting to change a little bit and it's getting a little bit uh, cooler, but it's so far been a uh, pretty nice autumn. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to autumn because for us here in Florida, it means we actually get some reprieve from the heat. So, and also that's when all the people start coming down and I get really, really, really busy. And this year is going to be no exception to that because people want to find ways to find the sun. Actually, we had um, in our school, a hundred, over a hundred families join our school over the summer. It's a private school. And most of those families are from the Northeast, New York, New Jersey, just looking for a new opportunity now that they don't have to work physically in their office on Wall Street or wherever. They have a little more flexibility and freedom and want more space. And it's been a crazy market down here. That's for sure. But I think it's it's crazy everywhere. Yeah, it's been an interesting migration stimulated by COVID. Uh, I'm in the Hamptons at the moment. We've got a place out here. And the number of people who have migrated out of the city into the Hamptons on a permanent basis has driven up school enrollment and a variety of things like that. You're seeing in the New York area that happening in places like Westchester County, uh, Mm -hmm. New York, which borders uh, Connecticut. You're seeing it in places like Greenwich and Stamford and Southern Connecticut, where people with the flexibility now to not have to go into the office every day don't mind a two-hour commute if they have to do it once or twice a week, but like you know, a little different atmosphere the rest of the week and on the uh, the weekends. Yeah, definitely. It's been life-changing. Well, Randall, I want to thank you for joining me today, for letting me get to know you a little bit. It was a pleasure to meet you in person. I don't usually get that. I usually get the opposite these days, podcast first, meet later. But fortunately, I had that opportunity and we'll actually post one of the pictures that we took together, hopefully onto the podcast. Thank you again for joining us. Randall Miles, Vice President and Vice Chairman. (laughs) 
<laughs> Vice Chairman of VXP World Holdings and a hugely successful career as a senior executive in capital management and capital holdings and you name it, anything to do with money and real estate and opportunity. It's a real pleasure and a joy to have you. I'm Lauren Cohen, international legal and real estate expert. Again, thanking Lendai, a company that lends foreign investor capital to people investing in the US from Canada, Australia, Israel, and the UK at the moment, and soon to be many other countries. Reach out and find out more about Lendai and my partners there. And please subscribe to my podcast, Investing Across Borders, which can be found on any of the podcast channels. I am very pleased to present this to you, our 52nd episode. And thank you so much for joining me again today. Have a great day, everybody. And please stay safe and healthy. Thank you again. Thanks, Lauren. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to Investing Across Borders with Lauren Cohen. Make sure to check the show notes for any links and for guest contact information. If you have questions for Lauren, please reach out to her at founder at ecouncilglobal.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast with a friend.